What time is it? Game time! Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Davis! Oh my god! Davis is gonna run it all the way back! Auburn's gonna win the football game! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new podcast called Game Time, featuring myself, Garrison Hardy, and my co-host, Garrett Thigpen, all the way out in North Carolina. Garrett, how the heck are you? I am doing fantastic, Garrison. I am excited for the podcast, and uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get it started. Well, let's do it. So uh, we're in week zero of our podcast, a little bit more on that later, but uh You know, Garrett and I have both been fans of whether it be college sports, whether it be pro sports, we followed sports. You know, we just like sports. And if you guys follow me on Cross Politic, uh, I've got a new show on there where I always say it's time for my favorite topic, sports. So I thought, you know what? I may as well start my own podcast and talk sports. And you know who I like talking sports with? It's Garrett Thigpen over here. So you know what? Oh, I'm honored. That it, you, well, you should be. I mean, I'm kind of. Anyways, uh, so we're jumping in to week zero here. And Garrett, I figured we would start off with you in that I think uh, we should introduce ourselves to our fans, who we root for, uh, kind of just an overall gist of what, what got you interested in sports. Yeah, well, uh, if we're doing focusing on college sports, um, I follow a lot of college football, college basketball. I grew up watching uh, NC State. That's my team. Our family's been Wolfpack. a big NC State fans. Exactly, NC State Wolfpack. And so, uh, yeah, I've been watching NC State all my life. They're kind of my main team. Um, I went to college at Liberty. Mm. So since then, the last few years, I've been a Liberty fan as well. But um, now Liberty yeah, program has kind of taken off there. Yeah, yeah. Especially um, the last few years, they've kind of become a little more relevant nationally. Um, starting to play some bigger opponents, beating people like Virginia Tech, BYU. So yeah, they're coming on. They're they're becoming mm-hmm. a little bit relevant. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty exciting. Um, now, now, how about uh, yeah, those the, are, the facility those upgrades? By the way. The new facilities. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're pretty top notch. I mean, the stadium's really nice. You got a brand new, uh, massive indoor practice facility. It's pretty impressive stuff. I think. Um, I mean, Hugh Freeze has done really well there. So I think uh, eventually they'll become. I think they're just going to keep growing, and I don't know, potentially vie for uh, one of these new conference openings potentially in the future. Yeah, well, we'll talk about conference realignment here in a second, so hold hold that thought. But uh, well, cool. Well, there's Garrett Thigpen, folks, and and I myself, um, you know, if, if focusing on college sports here. My dad went to uh, Washington State University here in the Palouse. I live in Moscow, Idaho, so literally eight miles away from the Palouse. And uh, I've I've just been a Coug fan my whole life. And you know, one thing I'll say about WSU is it has taught me to not expect too much in life. <laughs> because mm, an important lesson exactly we uh as a program have uh gone through a lot of ups and downs mostly downs but uh we have you know it, there's been some bright moments in the program's history like it, it's they've gone to rose bowls before i remember when ryan leaf al- almost led the cougs to a, a defeat of michigan in the rose bowl back in 97 mm, glory days um i was four years old at the time and uh, but anyways uh and then you know uh, early to 2000s there was a point where the Cougs were number three in the country and if they had just Mm. beaten their rival the University of Washington 
at, in Seattle, we would have gone to the national championship because I think the other team lost that week. Um, and we blew it. We got Man. smoked by the, the the big brother on the west side of Washington, and that was very sad. I remember journaling about it in uh, <laughs> in when I was little. I think I was in first or second grade at the time. So, anyways, there's been some good times for the Cougs in football, um, but there's also been some really bad times where we win one game in a season. And um, and then in basketball, there was the Tony Bennett era. Garrett, as an ACC fan, yep. knows a little bit about that. Yep, where yep. Um, Tony Bennett got the Cougs to relevancy in basketball to where we went to the Sweet 16 at one point and North Carolina smoked us. They went on to win the national title. But uh, the point is we were somewhat relevant and then Bennett got a job offer from Virginia and fast forward down the road, he wins a national title there and uh, we get to watch from the distance. Sad. <laughs> That's always how it goes. It is. It is. So anywho, that is my college team there um and on that note that actually is kind of a a nice lead-in because my gosh garrett we're starting a podcast at a really interesting time in college football and college sports in general with college uh, conference realignment um and washington state my team suddenly doesn't have a home the pac-12 is gone (laughs) so yeah really rough period for uh for your Cougs, I don't know, what, what do you think they're going to do? Well, I've I've seen some uh, initial thoughts there. Like the the first off, um, they could that there was rumor that the Big Twelve was actually going to reconsider. I don't think that's going to happen. What I think is going to happen is that the Mountain West is going to absorb Oregon State and Washington State at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also seen rumor that the the AAC, not the ACC, that would be cool, but the AAC right. of course. could form up with the Mountain West and the remaining Pac-12 schools as well to form kind of a mega conference of mm-hmm. mid-majors. <laughs> right, um, right. So it would be a big conference, and at least they would have a home, but certainly a step down from the Pac-12. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's what I've seen from a lot of people is uh, potentially these maybe second tier, even third tier conferences are going to have to look to band together in order to protect themselves. And um, I mean, I think that's a good opportunity for some of these conferences like the Mountain West who have been a little Mm -hmm. bit on the outside looking in to pick up uh, a good opportunity for them to get some teams, um, like you were mentioning. Um, Obviously a big downgrade for those teams getting left out of the move, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think that, um, you, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, that, NC State's in a similar position. Um, you know, the ACC is yeah. not in a great spot. Yeah, but, Florida uh, State's already talking like they want out. Yeah, I mean, I think that they definitely want to move, but I've heard that, you know, they SEC's not too keen on adding them uh i think florida was saying that they don't really want them in but uh i think eventually they're probably going to get their way and um uh, nc state's a little bit on the fringe of possibly getting into either the big 10 or the sec um you know if if i would prefer the sec to stay intact and Mm -hmm. for nc state to stay in and keep things as they are but if teams do start moving, I wouldn't mind a move to the SEC. Uh, right. I definitely don't want to get left out. But um, yeah, I think that uh, the SEC is good as 
is as good as it is. But uh, if teams like Clemson and Florida State start moving, which I expect them to, mm-hmm. um, I, I would hope NC State gets brought in uh, along with them. Right. And so I'm kind of torn on this whole conference realignment deal. Hey, you and I have talked about this in the past, Garrett, where we kind of bemoan the fact that a lot of history and tradition is just gone out the window. And this started yeah. all the way back in the early 2010s when Texas started their own Longhorn network. And right. I remember yeah. Texas A&M had a real problem with that. Um, and to the point where they just up and left to the SEC. And this is at a point where they were kind of a you know barely 500 program in the Big 12. Um, right. And once that happened, suddenly Texas and Oklahoma are looking to join the Pac-10. And I remember as a fan, I was like, oh my gosh, potentially getting to see Texas in in Pullman. That would be so cool. <laughs> um, and I don't remember what exactly happened there, but, but the, the point is the, Pac, the Pac-12 just bottled this whole situation. Anyways, getting back on yeah. track, uh, I'm kind of torn because you look at the Big Ten and the SEC, they're going to be these massive super conferences with a lot of big programs. So the idea of Oregon taking on Ohio State in the shoe, USC mm-hmm. playing Michigan in the big house, that sounds really appealing to me. But on the flip side, it does. Yeah. On the flip side, you lose all the regional tradition. Like suddenly the Cougs aren't like they still might. You know, they still might play the Huskies, but uh, right. suddenly you're losing these rivalries. Like Texas and Texas A and M, they're finally getting back together after years apart. And, mm-hmm. and you just lose those traditions. So where do you fall in on, I guess, the cool matchups, but at the same time, the, kind of the pageantry of college sports is kind of being left by the wayside? Yeah, I think that's the the battle between the two is, on one hand, yeah, you do get the better matchups, and I think that's what people are looking for. And I think that's part of the, the motivation is you – these these schools and these conferences they want to create the 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 headline matchup every week where mm-hmm. they always want to have uh you know um like you said like a, a Texas and Alabama every week um just something that's really going to draw interest mm-hmm. as opposed to um you know less snoozers that no one really cares about uh Georgia and Vanderbilt like week 0 um, we'll talk about that later exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so you know you're going to make a lot more money with these headliner matchups and i think that's the goal which i think fans do want to see right uh i'm obviously going to tune in more um to these matchups so i guess it in a sense it is what the fans want Mm -hmm. um but i think that it's uh you really you know the season is so short um and there's so many teams you're only gonna play 12 games a season right you you really can't have it all you can't just uh i think a lot of fans would like to see conferences stay regional mm-hmm. um, and keep the old feeling of, uh, you know, your local teams all playing to playing against each other in a conference. And I think most people, you know, they like that idea and they they want that, but you can't have that and have all the big matchups at the same time. There's just not enough not enough games in the season. So right, right. Um, uh, yeah. I think that, like you said, uh, I would probably prefer. If uh, conferences stayed as they are for nostalgia's sake and for rivalry's sake, but right. I don't see how uh, we can really prevent that 
And, you know, I think once the ball starts rolling on this, uh, I don't think there's really any stopping it. So, but again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because, you know, right. fans do want to see these big matchups and we're going to get more of them now. So, uh, right. yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, you know, you, you're going to lose a little bit, but I think it's exciting overall for, for college football. Right, right. No, college football is going to be fine. A hundred percent. Um, and uh, honestly speaking as a PAC 12 fan and, you know, as an ACC fan, like uh, I remember who cares about an Arizona state versus a cow like <laughs> who, right. other than Berkeley yeah. and Tempe, Arizona, who's tuning in for that one on a Saturday. And, um, I, I would, I listened to the, uh, Colin coward show where he, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. I looked at the ratings and nobody was watching those games other than Tempe and Berkeley. Nobody was watching. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. You know, the Big Ten and the SEC are looking at that and thinking, huh, why Why would we bring those programs along? Anyways, uh, you know, similar thing for the ACC, like, uh, you know, at North Carolina State and a Duke. Other than those mm-hmm. areas, you know, NC State versus Clemson or something like that. Yeah, that'll get some more natural national attention or, or WSU right, versus right. Oregon just because those are national brands. Um, and... You know, which is why uh, at NC State, I think you guys are a little more safe in that, um, you know, you guys have a bigger program, a bigger following, I think, versus a WSU who, let's be Probably honest. a little bit, a little more history. Yeah, it, you guys have a little more history. You're in a bigger conference now that the Pac-12's kaput. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, right. Where WSU's sitting here and, you know, we're constantly looked at as the little brother even though the past five years we've gone to bowl games and whatnot, it's just it. Nobody really thinks of WSU as a national brand, even though we're in the top half of the Pac-12 in TV viewership, which is an interesting mm. thought there. Wow, but I would have thought, yeah, it, just a little Pullman, Washington. Who would have thought? But um, so, anyways, I I kind of I'm I'm with you, and as both of us are soccer fans or football fans for our European brothers, this really reminds me of do you remember that super league that they tried to the form super up? league yep yeah yep like tottenham was in it uh, hilarious and uh a bunch of uh, the other premier um brands in football were in it i think it was what 20 teams um something like that yeah as soon as that happened i immediately thought you know what other sport would be ripe for something like that college football college sports um, yep. Yep. and I honestly think that's where we're headed, where it's just going to be like the AFC and the NFC, and it's going to be the national collegiate football league or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are, what yep. are your thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that's kind of what it's going to end up being is you're going to have these, um, it, it, we kind of had that before with, uh, you know, power five conferences and then right. you'd have everyone else as kind of a group of five or, um, you know, even at maybe even FCS level. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to kind of create another tier like that where you have, you know, maybe you have the big two and yeah. then all these other schools are going to be considered a, you know, I don't know, we'll come, probably come up with some term for them, but you're going to see uh, a lot more of these schools just choosing to schedule each other. Uh, even, you know, some of the big schools across the the two conferences they're going to be filling their non-conference schedules just with other Big Ten teams or SEC teams, and uh, you're going to have all these uh, all these people that get left out are going to probably be playing each other. And right, um, 
yeah, I mean, you, you'll still see some. And, and as far as rivalries go, you may still see some some schools scheduling each other. Um, you know, if if Duke gets left out, that doesn't mean that they won't play UNC in basketball right. every year. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's kind of what you're going to see is a little bit of a separation where these these schools just they see less value and. You know, why are we wasting time playing all these games against lesser uh, competition? It's not really right. Not really bringing in eyeballs, not really doing anything for us. And it's going to change, change the landscape a bit. Um, now, as far as, you know, championship goes, you're probably going to see less, uh, you know, Clemson running the table in the ACC, having to go 12 and 0 <laughs> every year. And instead, you're going to see teams running a tough, really tough schedule. Maybe they go nine and three. Uh, but you know, because they're playing in a good conference, playing really tough competition every week, you know, that's good enough and they're, they're getting right. in. So right. I think it's just, it's just going to change it a little bit, but I think that's kind of where it's headed. Oh, for sure. And uh, let me ask you this as a fellow football fan, soccer fan, uh, what right, do you think right. of the idea of like a relegation system? You got the top 70 some teams, however many, you know, the top 50, you know, of, across college sports. And right. if you finish at the bottom or whatever, you get relegated. However many teams, I don't know. It could be the the, yeah. the bottom ten, and then the top ten from the second division, which would sadly mean teams like WSU and Oregon State, they get moved up, and suddenly they're in the top division of football. Uh, legit, you know, I look at something like that, and logistically, that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> because right. hey, we're yeah. going to Florida this week, and uh, if, let's say you're WSU up here. We're going to Florida, and then the next week we're over in uh, Michigan, and you know I, that I could see that being an issue. But at the same time, money talks, and that's where right. it seems yeah. like things are headed. Yeah, I I like the idea. Um, I think that it it makes sense and it incentivizes. Um, you know, maybe there's it really incentivizes the schools that maybe they're on the outside looking in that they can play their way into uh, a better situation. And it's not all about the money. It is more about, you know, how well you play. So you can have, uh, you know, more of a Cinderella run where a team that doesn't have the funding or the eyeballs, they play really well one season and they play their way into a better situation. But I think it's one of those things that, these conferences are going to protect themselves and the schools in them are going to protect themselves. They're not going to, they're going to come to some agreement that I mean, the way that it is now, you know, they're going to have an agreement where that that's not the case. They're not going to be able to get kicked out if they do bad. Right. And it's, it makes sense that in soccer, they don't have that. They have the relegation system in place. Mm-hmm. And whenever they tried to do away with it for financial sake, they, everyone pushed back on it because it goes against everything they believe in. Right. But because college football's past that and they're already having the protections in place that they don't have a relegation system and they're making so much money from it they're it's going to be hard to convince them to go back the other way sure. because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, the, the schools aren't going to want to have that risk of them potentially falling out of, uh, out of the situation that they're in. So, right. Uh, I think it's gonna be. I think it'd be a hard sell, um, given that it's it's just not tradition and it's not, it's it's not the way it's been. So right. Well, 
that what a cool idea it, you know you look at Lutton Town in the Premier League this year uh you got right, yeah. if you're here I, again I'll keep using a local example but the Idaho Vandals they make it to League One and suddenly the Alabama Crimson Tide are coming to Moscow Idaho <laughs> <laughs> playing in the the the, the Kibby Dome, Dome, yes, Kibby sir. Dome. Yeah, the, the Kibby Dome. Yeah, the, exactly. Um, I mean, what a concept there. So I agree. It's it's likely not to happen. But um, hey, we can uh, we can dream here. Uh, but money yeah, talks. I, think it, I mean, I think it. Yeah, it create a you know more exciting competition. I think so. I mean, I'm all for it. I I, I think it would be a good idea. Right. Right. Well, time will tell as this stuff shakes out. So um, in the same kind of realm of conference realignment, uh, another change in college sports has been NIL deals. Now, I argued for this back in high school. Like I I wrote a thesis on this thing that college, college players should be paid to play. And Jay Billis, there's a guy that I want to get on this show at some point. Stay tuned, folks. Um you know, I uh, th- basically at the time when I wrote that thesis, uh, the NCAA video game had brought in four billion dollars. Uh, college mm. sports in general had brought in, I think, fourteen billion in one in one season, and I think that that in- I think that included like March Madness and all that. But fourteen right. billion dollars, and the athletes a lot of money. Oh yeah, uh, and, and the athletes didn't receive any of that um insane in my book so i wrote that thesis and um that basically they should be paid for their image and likeness at the very least or at the very least receive a stipend um but man i could not have imagined how the floodgates would open uh in this day and age to where uh drew timmy with gonzaga i think he made six Mm -hmm. million dollars in his final season at Gonzaga, and he, is it six million? Yeah, six million. He turned. Yeah, I, wow. he got a big sponsorship with Great Clips, I think, because of his stash. And, uh. Which, hey, um, that that's great. Um, so, I I guess, what are your thoughts on the overall just explosion of sponsorship <laughs> money and whatnot? Is this good for college sports? Is this bad for college sports? Kind of, where do you fall on that line? I think that NIL came in with a really good intention and a good idea because like you, I think it is pretty unfair for um, these schools to be making the ridiculous amount of money that they do and to pay the athletes nothing. And um, I definitely understand the sentiment of, you know, they get scholarship, they get free education, but not all of them do. And Mm -hmm. I think most people would agree that uh, the the sole focus for these student athletes is to uh, to play to play sports and in this case to play football and uh, it's not like the teams are even pushing them at, at these big schools. I mean, at these the the teams want them to focus on football. You know, right. they're, they're not wanting them to come in and uh, you know be uh, hitting the books all day. They're expecting them to be practicing all day. So. Um, I do think that they had a good idea with NIL that these uh, these players should be able to make money off their likeness. Mm-hmm. Things like um, you know selling if they're selling their jersey in the team store, they can make money off that, or um, you know advertisements, uh, you know getting paid to be in the 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 video game, 
Right. Uh, I think those are all good ideas, but obviously it's, it's very new and, uh, without, you know, doing it before, it's kind of hard to know what it's going to look like. And it's going to be hard to put regulations in place to keep it in check. And so it's kind of like they, they opened the floodgates and now it's, it's running wild and you'll, you'll see people like Nick Saban complaining about it, that, uh, <laughs> the rich are getting richer and which is a little funny coming from Nick Saban, giving right. uh, the, what most people would expect, uh, you know, his payer, his players have been paid, uh, uh, a good bit the past few years, even before NIL was allowed. But mm-hmm. regardless, um, yeah, I think it's a good idea, and I think players should get paid for their likeness, and they should be able to make money off their their own likeness if they're uh, signing autographs or selling jerseys right. with their number and name on it. Then I think that's a good thing, and um, they should be able to make money that way. But uh, the, I think there probably will come uh, regulations right. in the future. Um, I think that uh, it's it's going to take time to really understand how NIL works and how these schools are taking advantage of it before we can figure out how to regulate it. But right, um, you know, for now, I mean, it, you can. The last few years has, I feel like, not a lot has changed. I mean, you still have SEC sure. schools dominating college sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw Cinderella and TCU make the playoffs last year. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I not, not much didn't. has changed yet. <laughs> uh, and um, I think that, uh, it, it, at least in this case, um, the people who are getting paid the most are the, the, the athletes. And mm-hmm. if that's the worst that's going to happen from NIL, then I think it's better than the alternative of uh, no athletes getting paid at all. Right. Right. And I, I, I'm a hundred, I would lean more in this direction given that, you know, but the fact that they, and the universities were making bank and to the point where uh, I, I recently watched uh, the Johnny Manziel special on Netflix and Uh, yep, yep, I did as well. What a interesting show first off, but when he started talking about the NCAA and how he just kind of wanted to throw them the finger I couldn't help but agree with them. I mean, the Texas A&M, a mediocre institution before he got there, suddenly they're upgrading their stadium to be one of the premier stadiums in yeah. all of college football. Uh, yeah, one of the biggest now. Yeah. It, uh, attendance was up like crazy. Academic buildings were being revamped left and right. And none of that would have happened if he hadn't gone there and yep. played the way he did. And he's seeing his jersey, meanwhile, being sold for hundreds of dollars, and he doesn't see a right. dime of it. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to go sign uh, autographs and make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. See ya. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And so anyway, it is a little wild, wild west right now. I agree. But uh, again, part of me is like, well, this is capitalism played out to a T. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, these play- these players are getting paid anyway at the big schools. You can say the rich get richer, but if these schools, the, the big schools were already paying players. I mean, I don't right. think anyone would say that they weren't or right um, to, to yeah. Nick Saban's point of, you know, <laughs> the rich get richer. Well, I'm sorry, but it's always been that way, Nick. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't see you saying, you know what? I've got better facilities than this program over here. And that's not fair. I'm going right. to, I'm going to request that our facilities be taken down a notch. Like, no, Right. Or, or you know what? We've got better team equipment and team uh, 
transportation than this other program over here. That's not right. We've got to bring mm-hmm. ourselves down to the level. Of, it's always been about, hey, here's what our program can do for you just without the guise of pay for play. You know, it exactly. So it's it's competition. It's the free market. You know, the the old heads might not like it, but I'm more in favor of this happening as opposed to, you know, the athletes don't see a dime. So, right. And and then you got situations where you got people like Reggie Bush getting his Heisman taken away. Right. Uh, for making a, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was like he was uh i think selling autographs or something like that or getting free something free uh just like really minor minor payments that they caught i mean just stuff like that is i think is just ridiculous so i'd rather just get rid of that kind of stuff and you know let the players the players get paid and if it if it's running out of control then they can put stuff in place down the line that keeps it somewhat in check but um it's kind of like fighting the war on drugs. Like it, 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 it it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a losing battle. And, uh, yeah. So I, I think this is a better situation now. I, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, this upcoming season, because we've talked about realignment, we've talked about NIL and kind of our overall thoughts on that, but football, college football is going to be just fine. I mentioned that earlier. So, um, Garrett, what are kind of your overall thoughts on the upcoming 2023 season? You know, we've got the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, still the Pac-12 for one more season. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, as you look through the top 25, who are some teams that jump out to you as actual contenders? And then uh, do you have any like pretenders or anything like that? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, obviously, um, I think Georgia is a lock for the playoffs again. Right. Um, I think they're, you know, they're returning uh, a lot of key players. They're probably the most talented roster in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some would say maybe even better roster than the previous years. But um, it just sounds the like only a video game. Are, <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only question would be a quarterback. Um, but the thing about Georgia is the quarterback's never really been a huge part of their team. Right. Uh, Stetson Bennett, he played well, and uh, he's he's a decent quarterback, but he was not a star by any means. He was a three-star coming out, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. late-round pick. I mean, um, they've got a four-star coming in, Carson Beck. Uh, I don't really obviously know anything about him yet. He hasn't played, but... Uh, I think he'll be plenty good to uh, to you know help Georgia at least uh, do as well as they have in the pre- previous years. I right. think that Georgia's probably a lock. Um, and, and then and all, just all, jumping all the other top- in, uh, just jumping in really quick on your Georgia you yeah. mentioned there, like you look back at the early Nick Saban teams where Alabama was running roughshod over the things. They didn't exactly have these superstar quarterbacks running things either you know right Greg yeah. McElroy you, you know AJ McCarron and neither of them really went on to do anything in the NFL but they just didn't make a lot of mistakes and they right. ma- managed the team and when you've got as many weapons as you do as Georgia from side to side I mean Stetson yeah. Bennett he was just smart and he got the ball to the guy he said hey he's gonna go get into the end zone somehow I don't have to do anything and don't get me wrong like some of the thro- throws he made 
in that championship game, for example, against Alabama, where there was, a, mm-hmm. I think, an offside penalty, and so he just took the shot and threw it deep. Don't get me wrong. He has some arm talent for sure, which is why he's in the league. But right. overall, you know, I just uh, uh, agree yeah. with your point there with regards to, you know, they don't need a superstar at quarterback. Right. Yeah. And, and and their defense carries the way. Their defense has been, you know, one of some of the best defenses in maybe ever the last right. couple of years. So uh and, and you brought up Alabama and their quarterback. They um they also they've got a really talented roster, maybe similarly as Georgia, but right. uh they they've got a lot uh a lot of problems at quarterback. Uh they don't really have a starting quarterback. They've got a, yeah. a three way battle. Um probably going to be buckner the transfer from notre dame starting mm-hmm. um he hasn't played much he played against ohio state last year and did not look great but um yeah who knows and and you, they alabama definitely used to not really rely on the quarterback like you said um their main focus was their defense and the weapons that they had but uh it's been a while since alabama's had uh I don't want to say bad quarterback, but you know, they've had Bryce young Tua hurts, right? Uh, they've kind of revamped their identity to where they've had these high scoring offenses with, you know, Heisman contending quarterbacks the mm-hmm. last five or six years. So I think they're going to, I think Alabama's going to take a little bit of a step back. They already took a step back last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but, um, I, I think that, uh, I think LSU might overtake them this year. I like LSU yeah. a lot more than Alabama this year, and I think it's going to be LSU and Georgia again in the conference championship. Um, and, and I like LSU uh, to make the playoffs as well with Georgia. Right. Um, I think uh, Jane Daniels, Heisman candidate, uh, he's got a lot of experience. He looked really good last year, mm-hmm. and they were really one game away. They lost that last game to Texas A&M before the championship game, and uh, they would have had a chance to make the playoffs last year, but uh, they, I think they've gotten a lot better this year, and I think that this is probably going to be their year where they put it all together. And I don't think they'll beat Georgia if they face them in the championship game, but um, they don't have to play Georgia in the regular season. They just have to play. I think they're going to beat FSU week one. Um, right. Don't think FSU's that as good. I think they're probably one of the more overrated teams at number eight. Really? Um, mm. I do, I do. Um, but yeah, I think LSU, they just need, they have to play Bama. And I think if they beat Alabama, then they're in the playoffs with Georgia as well, probably. Right. Right. No, there's, um, it, there, there's been some drama coming out of the Alabama camp, you know, with regards to who the heck's going to be starting under center. And fortunately for them, you know, looking at their schedule, they open up with Middle Tennessee State. Um, so they've got, right. some, they've got a chance to get some live game action. Uh, I'm sure Nick is going to, you know, play one quarterback first half, another quarterback the second half, but then they've got Texas coming to town. And wh- what are yeah. uh, now Texas? Don't get me wrong; like it, it there, it's always Texas is back, baby. And then they go eight and five. You know, I right. I've from everything that I've heard and read, that is not this Texas team. This Texas team is actually a threat and could be a legitimate contender. For the playoff now, me personally, I don't think that text. I just, I just want to wait and see. I'm not going to make that proclamation because every time I think, oh, this, this could be the year Texas does something, they just, they don't do it. Now, to be fair, 
Texas was probably a couple big plays away from instead of being eight and five, you know, they're 10 and three or something like that. Um, right. You know, they, they lost a lot of close games, but their defense mm-hmm. was just suspect. But everything coming out of their fall camps this year is that their stable of running backs that they've got, and I think they've got good ones, are having a hard time running the ball. And to me, that's not indicative of a bad offensive line. That's indicative of a tough front four and a, a tough front seven on defense. Um, so I think Texas defensively is going to be improved. Um, offensively, they've still got just weapons from side to side across the field. So for me, Texas, they're kind of in that dark horse uh, category for me, which right, sounds right. hilarious to say for a brand like Texas. But for me, they're a well, dark horse coming in. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, we've only heard good things about them in the offseason. Uh, but again, it's it's been that way for a while now. And until they actually prove it, I think they're always going to have to be a little bit on the outside looking in. Right. Um, you know, we hear only good things. But again, they're AP poll. I think they're starting at 11th. Right. Um, and so I think that's a good spot for them. I think that they have a chance to prove it against Alabama. Uh, they're gonna have to go at Alabama. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a really mm-hmm. tough game. I don't think they're gonna do it. They almost beat them last year, but um, I just uh, I don't think that they're gonna be one of those elite teams that's gonna be playing for the college football playoffs. Right. Um, you know, the Quinn Ewers, obviously, really a lot expected out of him. And he was okay last year, but I don't think he was as good as people were expecting. Mm-hmm. And there's even I've I heard that there's a chance that Arch Manning plays uh plays this year, but I don't right. know if that's gonna I don't know if he's actually gonna play. That probably just uh I don't know if that says more about him or yours that yours isn't playing well. But I think that if you know if he does play uh up to the standards of you know, the number one quarterback coming out of high school, mm-hmm. uh, this highly touted, you know, generational talent, then maybe. But um, yeah, I think that Texas, uh, I'm not going to expect that much out of them. I think that, like you said, they're going to be, uh, you know, that second rate team until they, they prove otherwise. Right. Right. Well, we talked SEC. We talked some Southern teams. Let's go to the Big Ten now. Like um, you, uh, LSU, Bama, and Georgia for me totally total contenders uh right. tennessee would probably be another team that would be a dark horse for me um i i honestly think that you know, while i'm on the topic here i think tennessee is probably going to regress a little bit um it, bet, worst case scenario for them would be like a seven and five and then a best case for me would be a nine and three kind of situation i think offensively right. they're probably going to regress a little bit because i mean that was just unreal offense last year just elite. right but when they ran into a team like, say, Georgia, um, I think we kind of saw the cracks in their armor. Their defense, I just don't think, is going to be elite enough to contend with some of those other top-tier teams. So for me, they're kind of a 9-3 and three team. But still, maybe some things go right for them in those games, and suddenly they're in, they're in contention for a playoff spot. So another dark horse for me would be the other T team, Tennessee. Um, so anyways, but yeah. big, oh, go ahead. Well, let's just say I, I agree. I think they're going to be a good team. Joe Milton, uh, a lot of hype around him, but uh, they've they've just got a tough schedule. You know, they right. got to play at Alabama, then end the season uh, against Georgia. Or next at last home. week they played they played Georgia. 
Um, yeah, I just I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna be good, and I, I like Joe Milton, but uh, I just think that they're they're just a step below Alabama and LSU, and um, right. I, I don't I don't see them like you said, really running the table and making a, making a run it. I don't think they get past Georgia to, you know, go right. to the conference championship or anything. So I think they're appropriately ranked around 12th right now. Right. Now, but to play devil's advocate, could you imagine if they beat Georgia in Rocky top? Oh my goodness. That is going to be, that's a game right there that I've got circled on my calendar as a must watch affair um, even if they yep. don't win, I feel like they're going to come out guns a blazing and they're going to be competitive much more so than last year um, mm-hmm. to the point where maybe they lose in a one possession game. But again, George is just so dominant. So it's hard. It, it's really hard to pick against them. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they do, I mean, if Tennessee can beat Alabama, you know, at Alabama a few weeks before and they go into that Georgia game undefeated, you know, that is a. I mean, that's that's game of the year right there. That's, that's right. a top five matchup. Right. And coming through Rocky Top two years in a row, maybe a top five matchup. So yeah. Tennessee, a team to watch. Um, but now let's go up north. Before we get to the Big Ten, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame? I feel like every single year it's oh, maybe Notre Dame this year, or maybe they're a dark horse. But it I feel like that's an every year thing with them. They're kind of like Texas, you know, an elite brand. Yep. Uh, they bring in good recruits, and every year they do solid. You know, they. Uh, but last year, the new coach, new system. They start zero three. It's looking like, oh my gosh, the wheels are going to fall off before they even get rolling. Uh, but then they they ride the ship, and suddenly they actually had a pretty solid year. What are your thoughts on Notre Dame as they uh, come into this season? I, I, like you said, I think they're a bit similar to texas um it's just hard to really pin them down and see how good they are i think we'll have a better understanding at the end of the year this year of how Mm -hmm. good they are versus in the past they'll have a really good record and we still don't know how good they are because of the competition they play um this year they you know they're gonna be playing ohio state nc state uh, they have to play nc state too i'm a little biased (laughs) but i think that's a tougher matchup at nc state week three (laughs) right but uh Mm -hmm. I mean, they got to play at state. Then they got to play Ohio State. They got to play USC, and they have to play at Clemson. Um, I mean, if they can go through that schedule with one loss, um, then I think I would consider them uh, for real. But um, I I don't see, I don't see how they can win at Clemson, and then I also don't see how they can beat Ohio State and USC, right? And run through that. I just don't think that. I don't think that they're they're at that level yet. Um, right. No, I, I think they're a nine. And, I think they're a nine and three team. I think they can definitely. Um, like I said, I don't think they're beating Clemson. I think they could pull off an upset versus uh, versus maybe an Ohio State with a new quarterback. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Notre that's Dame. about it. Right. Yeah. 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 The the good thing for Notre Dame this year is a lot of their bigger matchups. Well, two of the three big matchups are at home. You know, you got Ohio State coming to right. Notre Dame. You got USC coming to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame. There's no doubt in my mind they play better at home. Like uh, last year sure. when they went to the shoe and were Notre Dame was up ten to three to start proceedings. I was thinking, oh my gosh, this Notre Dame team looks big, physical, tough. Uh, they're not intimidated at all. 
But eventually, mm-hmm. Ohio State got things rolling, and the final score was twenty-four to ten. Still, very competitive affair, and Notre Dame looked like they could fit the bill of that kind of a team. Um, I think we could see a similar type slugfest early on. Can they finish it and beat Ohio State? That's that's the question. Um, USC for me would be the more likely win given that I just don't trust USC's defense I really don't for me Caleb Williams is elite as it gets and he's going to be a top five selection in the draft probably and you'll have more to say on that I know you follow those things Um, but for me that would be the upset option right there is beat USC at home and then that gives you the momentum heading into the Clemson game Maybe you take down Clemson at home. So like you said, if they could win two of three of those big matchups, maybe they got a shot to eke in or at least be a contender in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, that's, that's what I think. If they can win two out of three, I would, I would, uh, yeah, consider them a, a a contender. Um, I personally don't think it can happen, but, uh, you never know. I mean, Sam Hartman coming in at quarterback, um, you know, I think he's really good and he's probably an upgrade for them uh that was probably that was a big struggle for them last year and Mm -hmm. i think that they might be a little bit better than last year and i think they could possibly do it uh but again like like we said with texas i'll I'll need to see it before i really consider them a contender right i'm with you there and speaking of which as a conference the big 10 um a conference that boasts a lot of talent and a lot of elite programs yet let's be honest the sec has just run roughshod over proceedings for the last decade or two really ohio state has been the one that has poked through and beaten the alabamas um gone toe-to-toe with georgia and that's because they had elite quarterback play and elite Mm -hmm. wide receiver play some of the the best wide receiver core in the country is at ohio state so oh yeah when i look at the big 10 to me, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, those are the three that jump out to me as the potentials. With It's kind of interesting. Like You look at Michigan, very old-fashioned, um, mm-hmm. and we can talk about the drama with Coach Harbaugh here being suspended for three games, but um, very old-fashioned, pound-the-football the kind of team. They're going to line up. They have one of the best offensive lines in the country. They got a good transfer in at one of the guard spots, so they're very experienced up front, and they've got some of the best the stable of running backs in the country as well. And this time around, yeah. Harbaugh actually has a quarterback that's been in his system for longer than mm-hmm. one year. Mm-hmm. So I, if he can – McCarthy, if he cannot make mistakes under center – and just rely on his strong run game, I think Michigan is going to be a major problem. And t- as far as talent is concerned, you can make the argument that they've got one of the, mo- the most talented rosters in the country. Um, defensively, they're going to be tough as well. Now, they didn't put out a great showing against TCU last year, that's for sure. Um, I was shocked that game, but I digress. Um, I think Michigan probably beats Ohio State this year. It, they've they've just got the formula. They're stronger than Ohio yeah, State in yeah. the trenches, and to me, they're both those teams are probably going to go into the game undefeated. It's going to be another epic showdown, and I just think Michigan's going to come out on top. It's in the big house. They went to the shoe last year and won. It's going to be three in a row for the Wolverines, and they're going to be going to the Big Ten championship game. Penn State is the only other one 
where I think, oh yeah, that that's a potential contender. That's a to me that they're another dark horse. Um, if if they can beat, let's see, they've got they've got to go to the horseshoe, and that's where I start to lose some hope there. But then they've got Michigan coming to town later that season or this season. Um, mm-hmm. I could see that being a point where they knock Michigan off potentially. They've got a great defense. And it, I mean, it's just a tough place to play. One of the best atmospheres in college football. So that's kind of my overall ass- assessment of the Big Ten. You know, Ohio State mm-hmm. has all the talent in the world at, in the skill positions, at, especially at wide receiver, and they got good backs. But I think Michigan's just got the formula. They're going to punch them in the mouth, and can Ohio State respond? Yeah, I, I agree. I think you know, I I would expect. My prediction will be Michigan winning the conference. I think they're playoff bound. Um, right. Like you said, it, the championship game, the Big Ten's interesting because you know my it's uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are really the only three contenders. I think. Right. Um, and they're all on the same side of the, the conference, and so yeah, it's they're just going to fight each other for for that side, and then Wisconsin, probably, uh, Iowa. Yeah, probably a cakewalk in the championship game. I feel like that's usually how it is. That the Big Ten championship is kind of irrelevant, but right. Yeah, I think um, I don't. I think Penn State is a. They're they have a lot of talent, uh, especially defensively. But I just don't think that they're on the same level as Michigan, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that Michigan, like you said, they beat them the last. Uh, they beat them last last year, and I think that they've only gotten better. I think that they've uh, they've improved quite a bit, actually. And like you said, their returning quarterback, um, he he did well enough last year that uh, they, like you said, they can focus on the run game, uh, let right. their, the run game and their defense carry them. And I think they can do the same thing this year. Ohio State, I think, is going to take a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose Stroud. And they're gonna have a new quarterback coming in. I think he will be fine. Um, he has enough weapons around him, and they have a talented oh, yeah. enough team that I think you know. And, and you know, since Ryan Day's been there, uh, you know, Fields stepped in his first year and did really, really well. Uh, Stroud stepped in his first year and did really well. I, you know, I'm sure this guy's gonna do really well when he steps in. But right, I think that they're gonna be just a step behind from. Michigan considering Michigan's returning so many players right and I think Mich- and I, I just don't think that they're going to have enough to overcome that hurdle of Michigan this year um, like you said they're gonna have to go they're gonna have to go to Michigan this year as well so mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I'm I'm with you on that one so um, I, I definitely think Michigan wins the conference this year and goes to the playoffs right I'm I'm certainly hopeful that we see a Michigan versus Georgia rematch. Um, the problem with Michigan's play style is they play right into the hands of Georgia almost. Georgia, their yeah. defense is so physical and so fast that they're kind of like, bring it. And Michigan's mm-hmm. whole motto is, we're going to run it down your throat. Well, what happens when you can't? run it down the other team's throat georgia i mean that front seven is as scary as it gets then you're got to put it in the hands of mccarthy and i think mccarthy's a solid quarterback you know but is he the star is he the stroud who could go toe to toe 
against Georgia's secondary, who, by the way, signed the number one cornerback prospect in the country this year to add to their arsenal, uh, because right. that's fair. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they've got three of the four All-SEC spots is in the Georgia secondary, so... Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I think that... I think Hartman is... or um, McCarthy's good enough that he can uh, get Michigan through the Big Ten... I'm a bit of a, you know, I have a little bit of a bias. I hate the Big Ten. I think they're overrated. Uh, <laughs> right. That's uh, just just putting that out there. But I, I I think he's good enough to win games against Ohio State and Penn State. But when it comes to facing a potential Georgia, Alabama, LSU type defense, mm-hmm. uh, I I do agree that it's going to be. I think I, I wouldn't want to have to rely on the my pass game if I'm Michigan in that situation. And that's that's the other thing. Michigan's wide receivers just aren't as scary in my opinion i look at ohio state's receiving core and you've got mars marvin harrison jr um a- along with other first round draft picks running routes right with him. right if michigan like has yeah if michigan if mccarthy had guys like that to throw to uh i feel like it would we'd be having a different discussion here um but michigan's receivers when i watched them against georgia what two years ago now they just and don't get me wrong, now they're veterans, those same receivers. But it to me, man, I just don't know if I see them having the escapability, the run route ability to get away from those that Georgia secondary. But maybe they'll prove me wrong. Time will tell. But I do think it's going to be a Michi- potential Michigan versus Georgia collision. Uh, or maybe Michigan runs into LSU at one of your picks and just gets annihilated <laughs> but um well, yeah. time will tell yeah we'll see we'll see i think yeah i think that if i had to choose right now i'd probably go uh i probably have georgia as the first seed and i think michigan will has a chance to go undefeated and we'll probably be the, stay two. As the second seed and then uh they'll avoid george that first round so right and then it's yeah. so who so we've got the top two Georgia Michigan who are your other two I think uh, it's it's tough because there's a lot of teams that I want to be able to put there um, I think that you know, there's a good chance that you're gonna have a losing a, a one loss Big Ten team like Ohio State is gonna be vying for that spot uh, like last year you know both of them got in. Right. Um, you're going to have a, a, a one loss sec team. might maybe an LSU or an Alabama is going to be vying for the spot as well, but then you can also have an undefeated USC or an undefeated Clemson that is going to be, I mean, if that happens, I, I really don't know who you put in or personally, another dark horse for me, university of Washington with uh Penix. or an undefeated Washington. Yeah. Mm, that's an offense right there. Probably, honestly, as far as receivers go, they're probably number two behind Ohio State, University of Washington. And if I can be frank, I trust their defense more than USC's. So just just got yeah, to throw that into the Mac. Oh, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, I think yeah, doesn't don't have to be USC. An undefeated, you know, could be Washington, could be Oregon, even could possibly. be Oregon. Uh, Oregon seems to know, have the Huskies or- number. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. I don't know. I mean, if I had to pick now, I'd probably go Georgia, Michigan, and then uh, maybe LSU and Clemson. But right. just because I think the U, I think that the 
they're gonna have, Clemson's gonna have an easier time going undefeated than any of the Pac-12 teams will. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I think they're just a little bit better than USC, and they aren't gonna have as many tough games right. down the stretch as a lot of the Pac-12 teams are gonna have because they're gonna have to play each other. And I think that Clemson just needs to get by Florida State really, uh, mm-hmm. potentially in the championship game, and I think they'll be. I, I I think Clemson is going to go undefeated this year, so I would probably put them in as well. Making their return. I agree with that top four. For me, it's Georgia, Michigan, LSU, Clemson. That's that's rounding out my top four. Um, and like you said, you know, you could you could switch by the end of the season. We could be having a different discussion, but uh, to me, that seems the most likely, especially as far as pathing is concerned. You know, the Pac-12 just seems to cannibalize itself every year, which is why the conference is yep. breaking up. Um, on top of poor decisions by leadership, but um, the ACC just has a easier path for their powers. Um, right. Yeah. So, and then the big, big 10 too, you can make the arguments pretty easy, but, um, yeah, yeah. So that top four seems very likely to me. So, um, sorry, you, you were going to say something? Uh, let's just say, yeah. I mean, as far as pathing goes, cause, cause Clemson, I think they, they have a really easy schedule, not easy, but, uh, they get to play Notre Dame and Florida state at home this year and right. UNC at home, right? pretty much all their, And I think they're, I think they're just going to be a step above all those teams and they get all of them at home. So I don't, and, and I, I think Kate Klubnick's going to be a really big upgrade over DJ last year. Mm, and, yeah. you know, Clemson was really good last year still. Um, By the way, uh, uh, props to DJ going from Clemson to Oregon State and Oregon State as a 10 win program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Yeah, Oregon State. Oregon State's, you know, they're getting left out, at, but they're peaking. They're, they've got they've got a, a decent team. I feel so bad for them uh, as a Coug too, you know. Uh, but I digress. But uh, but yeah, I think Clemson's going to be really good, and um, they have a really easy path. So I, 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 it's hard for me not to put them in the in the championship. And that's how the same goes for for Michigan or Ohio State. You know, whoever wins that game at the end of the year, I think. Um, as long as both of them can beat Penn State, that's going to be their only t- competition, really. Right. But assuming that they can both beat Penn State, then I, they're probably going to go in undefeated, and the winner of that game, I think, is probably just a lock for the playoffs. So Right. right. I'm, we're very much in agreement, friends. But before we go, there's actually some games happening this Saturday. Week zero, as it's being called. Oh, yes. And oh, yes. Let, the infamous week zero. Believe me, it is a zero when it comes to some of the entertainment <laughs> value. <laughs> but, well, Notre Dame and Navy uh, could be an interesting game. Uh, Navy always seems to just be a tricky team. And uh, you know what? I didn't realize uh, a new top, new a new bit of information maybe for the folks at home. But I always wondered why doesn't Navy, Air Force, or Army? Why do they always play these weird run playbooks? These weird run offenses? Why don't they try something else? You know, it, do they just not get the athletes? That was just my main assumption. But it's mm-hmm. actually because they have their players all have to be under a certain weight limit because they're in they're training for the military. Right. So you're, they're not going to be able to have these 
offenses that can go toe to toe with these other programs that have linemen that are well over 350 pounds and running big hog mollies exactly. up front. They can't get those guys. Exactly. So that was kind of an interesting uh, tidbit for you there. And they've got to start huh. things off. Makes sense. Against Notre Dame in Ireland, no less. Uh, yeah, big game. Yeah. Fighting Irish in Ireland. Uh, Notre Dame has had the recent success against Navy. Do you think that continues over in Ireland? Uh, I would expect so. They're uh, 20 and a half point favorites. I think uh, I, I, I think they'll probably win that game. I, I, my money would be on the Irish. Right, right. And mine as well. Um, the last time they went to play at Notre Dame, they uh, that was last year, um, lost 34-6. to six. Um and just kind of a dull affair. Again, Navy, a solid program. They still put up wins. You know, they still are in the top half of college football. But uh, so very well coached. But I look at Notre Dame. This is a team, uh, the Fighting Irish, that I think is going to come out better than last year. Um, I fully expect them to pick up the win. And really, the only other game of note you could argue is USC versus San Jose State. But yeah, I mean, what's there to talk about? It's it's one of those games where, hey, let's go out and show off the shiny new toys we got. USC yeah. picks up the dub in my book. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, I guess the opportunity to watch Caleb Williams. Right. Uh, probably, you know, my my would be my number one pick to win the Heisman. Um, so yeah, I would uh, say the big that's the biggest draw is getting the opportunity to watch him. Yeah, probably not going to be much of a competitive game. Right. But, you know. The the uh, thing I will watch, as a former player, the thing I will watch is how does USC's defense look? Because last year, just we saw their showing against Tulane in the Sugar Bowl. And uh, don't get me wrong, Tulane's offense was solid and a, a great turnaround story of a program, Tulane. But come on, USC. You have these four and five star recruits, and that's. That's the performance you leave us with. So my right. my only thing is defenses are always usually going to be ahead of the offense as far as you know. There's uh, there's how in sync they are and whatnot together. Mm-hmm. So can the defense go out and you know hold them close to a shutout? That's that's what I would probably be looking for as a fan. How does their defense look? Because Caleb Williams is going to do Caleb Williams things. Um, so let's see if the defense can match him. Yeah, that's true. They got a lot of good transfers in this year. I think the defense is going to be better, but um, yeah, that's I guess that's that's the main thing to look out for for them this year. If, if their defense is rolling, um, yeah, I think that they could be uh, uh, go undefeated potentially and be a be a playoff team. I think they're probably my probably my fifth fifth playoff team if uh, if I if I had to choose right now. So um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for them this year. Well, and I'm just definitely excited to have college sports back. And yep. folks, that's kind of all we've got for you this week. We uh, Week zero of the Game Time podcast featuring uh, Garrison Hardy and my co-host Garrett Thigpen. We're going to be dropping episodes once a week to y'all. And uh, our content's just going to be getting that much more streamlined and uh, better to listen to as time goes on, as we get better at this. And um, you can follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Amazon Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, where, wherever you get your favorite podcast, that's where you can find us. So. 
For Garrett Thigpen, I'm Garrison Hardy. This has been Game Time. Thanks for listening.